0: Welcome to Virtual Man Cave Podcast, back by Popular Demand, Episode 1, Season 2. Thank you so much for joining us as we take a not-so-deep dive into life as a man of faith in Jesus. Well, we've had a bit of a breather from the podcast, just enough time to get you guys salivating for another season. Wanting more, thank you so much for those who have been interacting on the Facebook page. Make sure you head there if you want to make a comment, if you want to give a suggestion, if you want to just encourage me, that would be awesome. But we are ready, we are raring to go, and can't wait for what this new season is going to bring. New season but familiar segments. We have JR Rules for Fitness back for season two and the man himself, health coach James Rose. How are you, mate?
1: Yes, good. Thanks, Ben. Good to be back on the virtual man cave. Thanks for having me.
0: It is always a pleasure to have you. Now, mate, you are in some serious lockdown over in, in Victoria at the moment, but you're staying strong, aren't you?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's much of that at the moment is a choice to stay strong and uh, just making some right decisions to, to stay active, stay healthy and uh, to get through lockdown stage four.
0: Awesome, mate. You, you're, you're modeling it for all of us to, to keep a positive disposition through the tough times. I'm just going to throw some questions, some common questions that people ask me. I'm like, I'm not the expert. Let's, let's throw the question to an expert. So the next few weeks of this segment, we will just ask you a question and you're going to give us some of your expert Advice. So, couch to 5Ks. I know a lot of people who are kind of starting from a, a long way back and are really just getting started on their fitness journey. What are some key tips uh, to get from couch to 5Ks in terms of the fitness journey?
1: Yeah, great. And so, so obviously, couch to 5K is is talking about running, which is yeah. not always everyone's preferred method of exercise. But let's yeah. let's focus in on that for for the for the sake of it, uh, because. You love running now. I love mm. running now. But most, I'd say, most people don't run. Those who don't run, they don't run because they can't. They don't want to, um, and there's a difference. Yes, I think, you know, that the evolution of running is that we all start at the I don't like running, mm-hmm. and so I know, I know you've been on a journey of running uh, yourself, and you probably started at that point of I don't like running, yeah. and then you got to. I don't mind running. Running's okay. And then you're probably somewhere now between I love running and I can't not run. And so it's a progression. And so when it comes to any exercise, and we're talking about running in particular here, but any exercise activity or program, you want to just remember progression is really important, which is start simple, start on the easy side and create a timeline to to work your way up to your, your goal that you've set yourself. And so the Couch to 5K program is an app-based program that helps people go from a non-running kind of position to being able to complete a five-kilometer run without yeah. stopping. And so yeah. it's not woe go-to-go kind of thing all in yeah. one go. It's, it's progressive, it's staggered, it's, you know, sectional. And so keep that. And I would say with running... In particular, is focus on pace over distance. And a lot of people go the other way around. They, they set the goal, want to run five kilometers, I want to run 10 kilometers. And so the distance is the goal. And they think once they get the distance, they'll be able to get faster. But it's yeah. really hard to get faster once you've kind of got yourself set in a rhythm. So I would mm. say start to focus on pace rather than distance. And you'll be able to build your pace up with your desired pace rather than the other way around. And then when it comes to running or any exercise that you that you start with, when you're starting from a, a zero position, is yeah. just limit the amount of runs or workouts per week. You know you don't want to be running five times a week if you if you're starting at a zero base. And then with anything, don't skip recovery. Recovery is really vital, especially for us men who are you know not in our twenties anymore and mm-hmm. uh, don't yeah. quite bounce back as quickly as we used to. Really stretching. Mobility, recovery, those kind of things are really key to help you prevent injuries. So, you know, often we talk about rehab, which I think we'll talk about in the next week or two, but think prehab as well mm. as so prevent injury. So have a have a plan, be progressive about it. If you're running, focus on pace, not distance and be prehab orientated
0: that's great it's all about habit it's a bit about building that habit and creating that momentum and i so attest to what you're saying because if you're over if, you, if you're trying to go from one to a hundred overnight you you can maybe get that sense of momentum happening quickly but what's going to stop that momentum is injury which comes from over exercise and and going yeah. to and so the, the the biggest advice that i got from from when i was starting running was don't run too often just keep it yeah. progressive as you're saying and So, I think that's some great advice from James Rose, our health coach. Thanks so much, mate. We'll hear from you soon.
1: Yeah, speak soon.
0: Well, in season two of the podcast, we are coming up with some great new segments. And one of those segments we're calling Proper Dad Jokes. (laughs) Uh, One of my good mates, Dan Hamer. he's partial to a dad joke. He is here on the podcast with us. How are you going, Dan?
2: Hello, mate. I'm fine. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. You are partial to a, a dad joke on Facebook. Why do you love the, the dad joke?
2: Oh, mate. Well, I grew up with my dad telling dad jokes literally through my whole life. That's all <laughs> I remember my dad when I think of my dad is... Terrible, terrible dad jokes, and then I guess the advantage of having three three kids myself is that I can inflict all of that pain on them. And so uh, I I, do, I try and do that on a regular basis, and I hate to say it, but cursed obviously us uh, gets it in, infected as well with that. So uh, yeah, having three kids to uh, to tell to pass on. To pass on my dad jokes is legacy, uh, is part of the fun as well. The
0: legacy is just going to go on from generation through to generation. Go on, mate. Well, I was going
2: to say, if that's one thing I can achieve in my life, mate, is to pass on these dad jokes, <laughs> then I've done a good job.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Uh, another one of your claims to fame is you are the the coach, the manager of the All Conquering Greyhounds soccer team. And you guys are Ooh. on a... You know, you're having a good season at the moment, mate.
2: Mate, we are. We're uh, we're currently second in second in the league, and we've we've only lost one this season, and we've won seven on the trot at the moment. So we're mate. on a good, good little run at the moment, mate.
0: And I've come and watched you guys is, play. It's good. Look I, I spent most of the time just admiring you as opposed to watching the the actual game and just how cool and calm and Jurgen Klopp like you were and so tell us what do you think the secret is this is what's the secret of your success
2: um well I'll have to say obviously the play, the players but I do base my whole uh, philosophy on Man United, which are obviously the greatest team in, in, in history. So I based a lot of that on Man United. Is that, is that your dad Solcher. joke for
0: this week? or? <laughs> 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 oh,
2: that's harsh. That's harsh. Well, what are we going to uh, do, Dan? So, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly love the football, getting involved, and um, good players, teamwork, all that usual kind of thing, hard work. But, um, hey, mate, if you can go out and have fun, and win at the same time then hey that's that's half the battle so we just go out and try and have a bit of fun and uh, hopefully come back with three points it's
0: so true it's so true what we're going to do each week is we're going to uh, tap into your incredible intellect Dan and we're going to pull out of your brain a weekly dad joke for our listeners to enjoy and so dad joke for week number one is what
2: okay so um I went to my gym gym instructor the other day and I said, uh, "Can you teach me to do the splits?" And he said, "Oh, how flexible are you?" I said, "Well, I can't make Tuesdays."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that was very, very good. <laughs> are you that's, happy with that one? That's that a great one, one. That's a great start. Thanks so much, mate. We'll hear oh, from
2: you next week. There's mate. Bye.
0: Unpacking Proverbs for this week, Proverbs 3, 7-8. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and shun evil. This will bring health to your body, and nourishment to your bones. Do not be wise in your own eyes. The natural tendency in us as humans, in us as men, is to be overconfident. Overconfident in our own abilities, overconfident in our view of the full that's going on and overconfident in our intellect but we are limited and the writer of Proverbs here says do not be wise in your own eyes but instead fear the Lord and shun evil when we are wise in our own eyes we're naturally gonna go steer away from the Lord and we're naturally going to get sucked in and invite. Evil, and so when we bring God in, when we fear the Lord, when we acknowledge His power, His wisdom far greater than our own, and bring Him into the situation, there's a flow on. When we decide to shun evil, which is persistently avoiding, ignoring, or rejecting evil, it's not just a one time decision, it's a persistent decision to say no. As we do these things, there's going to be a flow-on effect in our financial world, in our relationships, in our career. When we bring these decisions, instead of trying to do things in our own strength and make those decisions with our own wisdom, as we bring God in to that situation, we're going to see a flourishing in those areas. And we also see a flow-on effect in our physical bodies. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Our mindset, our decisions, our view, our leanings, it's going to have an impact. Are we going to do it alone or are we going to do it with God? We will have health in our body and nourishment in our bones as we fear the Lord and shun evil. We are back with a very popular segment on Virtual Man Cave podcast: song intros of the decade. We have done the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and we're about to hit a very contentious decade, but a decade uh, in which I, I remember very well in terms of bands that came out and songs. And so do you, Trent. Hey, how you going, mate?
3: Yeah. Hey, hey, Ben. Yeah. Um. No, I do. I remember the 90s. Yeah. Pr- pretty well. Pretty well. That was uh, as growing up in the nineties. It was good. A lot of music around, lots of interesting stuff. And you're right. A very contentious time as well.
0: Yeah. People are either, either love nineties music or they hate it. I personally love it. And uh, I'm surprised yeah. that you've been able to narrow down the greatest song intros of the decade to two. So uh, why don't you hit us with yeah. the first one?
3: So this one, i um, just going to drop that D string there. So um, yeah, I'm going to play the first one.
0: Very cool song too, Blur. It was a bit of a song of a generation, as I was in high school and graduating in the mid to late '90s, and and obviously Blur and Oasis kind of went hand in hand a little bit. Very very popular uh, genre of music in the '90s. What do you love about that song?
3: Yeah, I think I love the. Um, I mean, I was I I, I was probably about. Ten when this one came out, so I was a bit young. But I can imagine if you were, you know, if you're, <coughs> excuse me, just a bit older, it's got that whole angsty kind of feel about it, like yeah. you know, which is pretty prominent in a lot of '90s themed things. You know, the movies are a bit like that as well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, but no, there's um, yeah, quite a few yeah of, of those bands. You can tell that they've sort of um, come up together, similar sounds similar influences, and it's a really strong yeah yeah a strong crop of those kind of bands and that's sort of uh what's led me to choose the next song as well yeah so i just fixed that tuning
0: yeah well that song too was a very short song i think it was only two just over two minutes and and it was just was it was all, was all go wasn't it?
3: About it it was no no that, that was what was cool about it it was called song two it, I think it was the second song on that record and it went for two minutes and everyone yeah. was like, how, how good is that? It's just, <laughs> it's just, um, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and only had two words, didn't it? Oh, no, no, the chorus did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo and who. Yeah. All right, mate. Yeah, Hit us no. with
0: this, uh, this, this next one, which is a personal favorite of mine. Out of all the ones you've been playing and stopped, I oh, that's the one I wanted you to keep going.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you were probably waiting for the um yeah. Yeah. Know. Just yeah, just just lovely, very nice.
0: <laughs> Nirvana, mate, they were they were geniuses. Kurt Cobain was a genius.
3: Yes. No, that's that's what, that's another one of those very, very recognizable ones. I'm not sure exactly what year it was, was it 90, ninety ninety. Three ninety four but they um their 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 time was sh- was short as a as a band, but um yeah, they had some really good tunes tunes there that one not being the the most recognizable one for sure
0: yeah, very cool. well, we've just hit the nineties uh song intros of the decade with Trent, and we will hit the two thousands next week, thanks, mate
3: thank you, see you then.
0: It's a great pleasure to introduce on the Virtual Man Cave podcaster a good friend of mine. And we're going to spend some time talking about fatherhood, in particular, his relationship with his father. And so please welcome to the podcast, Zane Marlow. How you going, mate?
4: Good. Thanks, Ben. Good to get to be part of the, part of the podcast listen to a couple. But yeah, awesome to be a, a part of one
0: fantastic now you're uh, South African from your, yes. little, your beautiful accent and uh, you, how long you been how long have you been in Australia for
4: been in Australia for around 11 12 years at the, or 12 probably closer to 12 years now
0: yeah fantastic yeah. and you've got a, a wonderful family how long have you been married for
4: married 18 years in 18 years in March yep. To the so,
0: wonderful Marriott?
4: yeah and she, yeah she is wonderful <laughs> <Pretty happy. laughs> 18 years,
0: <laughs> and uh, three kids. You've got uh, how old's Ethan? Ethan's uh,
4: 14. He'll be 15 now in November.
0: Far out, mate. You've you've got almost a 15 year old, and then Claire.
4: Claire, youngest. Your youngest
0: eight. is eight, and you've yeah.
4: got Aaron in the middle. Aaron in the middle. Fantastic.
0: Yes, right. What what do you love? What do you love most about being a dad? Zone.
4: Uh, I think just the the joy that your kids bring. That the not that you live your life through your your children but yeah. just to sort of see that there's so much more to life than yourself and mm. and just how see how they develop how their relationship with uh people develop how their relationship with with god develops just seeing the sort of legacy you live you'll know, leave behind i think mm. is for me such a an, an awesome privilege as a parent Yeah,
0: that's awesome
4: and you've been a christian for how long a long time um I think, I mean, I remember sort of praying the Lord's Prayer in my bedroom at about seven or, or eight. And I suppose just can't think of a time in my life where um, I didn't include God in, the, in, in my decisions or mm. in, in any part of my walk. So, uh, I mean, you, you go through patches where you, you go have your ups and downs, but I mm. um, yeah, believe I've, I've almost been a Christian my entire life.
0: Wow. What's, what's still compelling to you? About being a follower of jesus why why are you still here you know thirty odd years later, and you 're still professing Jesus as your Lord and Savior
4: for me, I think it 's just the realization of of god 's love for me, um, mm. looking at at his sacrifice that he made for us um, that yeah, through Jesus when we were sinners when you know he he took the first step to reach out to us yeah. um, he didn 't expect us to jump through hoops or to to hit a mark before he would. You know, have a relationship with us, but but Jesus really became that bridge for us, um, and He did all the work. Mm. And so, for me, that, that just blows my mind in terms of you know, the God of the universe will want to know us individually and love us individually. That's
0: that's grace for you, mate. That's uh, that's mm. powerful, powerful
4: stuff. And what do you do for a job? So, job, I'm a uh, medallagist or process engineer by profession but currently working as a as a production planner for a mining company so we've got three different mines across australia and um, Mm. i'm working regional role sort of between the between the three so very interesting and yeah nice to nice to meet other people and and sort of just catch up with, with various people across the country
0: fantastic now before we move on to the you know the the questions for tonight I do have to mention that when I asked you in uh, the questionnaire what you would choose out of a burger and pasta, knowing how much your friend Ben loves burgers, you just courageously, boldly, or stupidly, I don't know how what it was, but you, you said pasta. Why?
4: <laughs> Why? I did. I just absolutely love it. <laughs> um, I think in my previous life I must have been Italian. Um, but no, I just... the creamy sauces i just i have a a weakness for rich food
0: yeah there you go well we still love you and i still did invite you onto the podcast so (laughs) we're all friends here we're we're you know diversity (laughs) is is the spice the richness of life now we're going to spend some time tonight talking about your story of your relationship with your dad a very close relationship and how You've responded to being let down by your dad, in particular, in recent times. And so, describe your relationship uh, with your dad growing up,
4: Zane. So I'm an only child, um, and I think f- for me, you know, that my dad was the other other sort of male figure in the house. So mm. he really was a role model uh, for me growing up. I've always been pretty close to my dad. We we share quite a lot of similar interests. I've, you know, just just looked up to him in terms of the way he lives his life, the way he conducts himself. He's a school teacher, I suppose by profession and just the way he's always been sort of prepared in, in, his, in his work life, the way that he's managed, I suppose, his, his family as well as his vocation. I've never seen my dad ever chase a deadline in his life. Huh. And for me, that's something, you know, especially as I, as I grow older and get busier myself just astounds me in, in terms of you know, his time management, just just the way he conducts himself, his value system, um, certainly just the impact that he's had in my life and and my spiritual walk uh, and my faith. Um, has just been something I've always admired about him.
0: Sounds like he's been a real hero for you and, and mm. also a, a really close friend, just from reading between the lines there. And so you and your dad have a, a fantastic relationship, obviously. When you moved to Australia, another country, how did that affect the relationship? What, what were the, some of the challenges that you faced in your relationship with your dad when you moved?
4: I think for me it was just you miss having that, that real close contact, that, that uh, ability to essentially, you know, going through some major decisions in your life or, or something yeah. happens and, you know, my dad would always be the person I would talk to about what was happening in my world at the, at the time. Um, so, so moving away and, and so just having that delay, you, you don't have that person around. Um, you've suddenly got to, you know, call or, or get onto the social media or yeah. um, some other sort of platform to to have these conversations with. So, from from that aspect, and like I mentioned, being an only child with with my kids being the only grandkids, I think there's a part of me that's always felt guilty for for mm. taking that away from from them. That that has been sort of the, I suppose the biggest challenges for us. We do try and catch up as often as we can via Facetime or, or Skype, and try and you know bring the kids into the conversations as, as best we can. And the distance does does play a role. And I suppose in the times that we've been able to connect face to face, it's always made that time even sweeter to to some degree because you know it's, it's some it's time that you that you really cherish together. Mm. Yeah,
0: that quality time over yeah. that qua- over quantity time. I know there's so many people in the same boat, Zane. So many people who live, you know, have immigrated to Perth, who have have uprooted uh, from their family. Mm. I know my parents did that uh, from England many many decades ago, and and I think they carried that same sense of we're taking grandkids away from from grandparents, we're taking mm. nieces mm. and nephews away from uncles and aunties, and and so uh, I know that there's that wrestle in us, uh, in people who have moved uh, from their homeland to another country, uh, how they can reconcile that with their family. Now you've recently been let down, and disappointed mm. by mm. your dad, and ha- how has that impacted you?
4: So I think, I think for me, like I say, there was a situation that arose, and 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 it sort of brought to light. Quite a few factors, sort of leading up to the event, and that, and that which, which really, uh, it really, yeah, I mean, it really caused me a fair bit of disappointment in in my dad's actions, and and oh. also given that we were so close, um you feel really, really betrayed uh, at yeah. the time. I suppose for me, you know, on hearing of these events, you, you sort of deal with it, uh, and go, look, it's happened in the past. Let's just move on. Let's let's sort of concentrate with with the consequences at hand and in typical bloke fashion you you try and fix the, the problem and sort of just keep the peace and let's let's move on but I suppose as part of that process it got to a point where initially you look past things but as time progresses you then start questioning and you yeah. and you sort of ask why why these things happened um and 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 that sort of leads to an anger because you almost get you get angry with why the person made those decisions, or how those consequences affect you, and I, and I suppose uh, at the at the time, my parents were were going to come over for for Christmas last year. As part of these consequences, uh, that jeopardised their their visit, and I know we'd paid for their for their flights and and mm-hmm. uh, accommodation and and all the rest of it. And so there's so many thoughts that go through your your mind at the time as you've wasted so much money, yeah. or yeah. Uh, you're not going to get to see. Your, if I, I mean, I hadn't seen my parents for four years, and so you look mm. at it and you go, "Well, you know, through a selfish act, all of a sudden, you know, I don't get to see my parents, or the yeah. kids don't get to see their grandparents, or that kind of thing." And so, yeah, you 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 do start, like I say, apart from questioning, you do you, you feel resentful towards mm. the situation. I think for me, a turning point was was really when I realised that the consequences of those actions had actually impacted my dad more than it had impacted the family huh. um, and so for us, it was it was for us it was anger at the situation and almost a selfish way of thinking but but having a look at it and going what's been done has actually impacted them far more than what it's impacted us and i think being a dad helps in a, in a sense that you almost see the reverse happening and that you are the person that your kids look up to the same yeah. way I looked up to my dad. Yet I know that that I carry so much insecurity and doubt in, in my parenting or in my day-to-day life. And yeah. and I think for me, what helped in that situation was my own walk with, with Christ and, and knowing yeah. his forgiveness for me and his love for me, despite my insecurities, is the same love that he had or has for my dad and that my dad has his own insecurities has his own history has his own struggles and that jesus looks past all that 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 jesus looks at the heart mm. and so for me it got to a stage where it almost felt really selfish on my part for looking at and, and considering just my the impact on me in this whole situation
0: yeah yeah
4: and not not looking at his at his part and and what he could be going through uh and the questions that he could be asking himself that that was a turning point for me where i could suddenly almost see him as as jesus sees him and 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 all of a sudden the anger goes away and and you feel love Hmm. that in that situation and so forgiveness is is not a difficult decision to make in that at that point you you're quite willing i think once you once you see the person the way Christ sees them, or, or the person that they are created to be, and not the person, despite the the decision they've made. Then forgiveness is is it's almost a next sort of logical step when yeah. you go, okay, well, put that aside. How has that actually impacted my relationship with my dad? And there comes the realization that you know what, put the put the action aside, the bad decision, write it off as you know a part of history, and and let's continue with our relationship. That was just that was just amazing i mean i think once we could forgive once we could actually i suppose express that actually say to each other that that we've forgiven uh mm. verbalize it and you could see a visible change in my dad in in his in his demeanor and everything about that i think you know you could see that he could help him sort of come to terms with his own guilt yeah. and get over his own guilt that he knows that he doesn't have to beat himself up about it because we aren't beating him up about it. And yeah, being, being able to, to move on. I think one of the biggest concerns for me at the time was just how would this affect his sort of legacy and what would people actually think about him? Because I didn't want people to to think badly of him. Yeah. I think that even through speaking with you, Ben, I mean, it's, you certainly helped me see that, that that's not the legacy. Um, yeah. Yeah. that his legacy is, is, us as his family mm. yeah as he is a dad and and yeah how my kids grow up you know like i say that that once that happened and we could move through that i think just miraculously saw god's head move um, mm. In they could even come to australia and mm. that we could have together um yeah it was just amazing
0: that's incredible mate and it's It's a tough thing when you you grow up and idol, you idolize your dad and you think your dad and your mum you know can do no wrong and then and then you have those moments where you you have mm. the realization that they're not perfect that they're not God that they're going to let yep. us down that they're going to make mistakes and and I think sometimes our expectations of other human beings we we place the expectations we have on God on other human beings where we demand yeah. perfection. We demand that they are never to let us down, that they can't do anything wrong. And we put these unrealistic expectations inadvertently, subtly at times. But it, it doesn't mean that it still doesn't hurt when no, they fine. let us down. And you know, yeah. it shows I can tell from from you know your voice that that this this rattled you, that that, that what Oof. happened for your dad, it, it really it, it, it really shocked you, shocked you to your core. And I remember you coming over and we, we chatted through this and uh, you, you were in a, a sense of despair, but you were able yes. to get to a place like what you've described, where you, you kind of took your eyes off yourself and you looked at him and you thought, okay, how can yes. I help? How can I be a, a comfort? And what you said, mate, is so powerful, is showing the love and the forgiveness of Jesus when people are expecting to be condemned and and expecting to be judged. And you're right. We're we're our own harshest Mm. critics anyway. We don't need anyone else to tell us that we've done the wrong thing. Uh, What we need is grace. What we need is mercy and, and, and forgiveness. And that's what you brought. And I know that there's people listening who are in different situations and there's there's, there's other circumstances that just, that, that add more layers of complexity in terms of being able to forgive, in terms of going through that process, but for your, process and for your journey and your relationship with your dad you were able to come to that realization of of taking your eyes off off the ramifications for you and and looking at him and looking at him with the eyes of Jesus and coming to that place of of forgiveness and I remember meeting your dad in the foyer at church when they when they came over here and I gave I can't remember whether I hugged him or I gave him a handshake but I, I was just in tears man because just seeing you <laughs> two together knowing what you've you've yeah. gone through and knowing the relationship that you have and knowing that that this was such a powerful part of the the restoration and the healing uh, process it was it was really special to, to to play a small part and so how do you want to mm. how do you, what do you think you've learned from this situation and how do you think you can encourage others in this this journey that you've been on?
4: Firstly, it's, it's to, to realize that, or to at least acknowledge that, that everyone's going through their own struggles. Yeah. Um, that everyone has their own insecurities, that you know we're all going through stuff. We're all doing life as best as we can. Yeah. Um, and so we need to acknowledge that. We, we need to recognize that in, in others as well. And secondly, just to, I suppose, play the ball and not the man, to, re- to really see the person the way Jesus sees them. Yeah, you know to look past the decisions to look past the actions um to look into the heart and to look at the potential i mean cross created us for a purpose we've all got a plan and a, and a destiny yeah. and, and to see that person the person that god created us to be not necessarily the person that stands before us now and then i think lastly is, is once we actually see that when we start seeing the potential in others we can forgive. We can move past the disappointments, the sort of struggles or the, or the, you know, um, pitfalls along the along the way. You know, when we when we look at our relationship with others and our relationship with Jesus Christ in light of eternity, the the disappointments that we face on a daily basis seem insignificant. <laughs> you know, they 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 really we, we tend to make mountains out of molehills. I think, and it's far easier to to move on with with them and with Jesus than it is to to hang on to the baggage or the disappointments that we face.
0: It's so true, mate. The Bible is summed up with a relentless call to love. God is relentless mm. in his love for us regardless of what we've done. And we are yeah. called to relentlessly, unceasingly love others, forgive others. It's a command. It's a command to love. Yeah. It's a command to yeah regardless of how we're feeling. And you've modelled that so well, mate. And can I, th- can I thank you so much on behalf of all the listeners and from me, just thank you so much for being willing to share something that's a really personal and, and vulnerable journey that you've been on. Uh, thank you mm. for, for sharing your emotion and for sharing your heart. Thank you for, for sharing the journey that you've been on that, that I'm sure is going to inspire many people listening today in terms of, uh, our relationships, in particular, our relationships with our dads. So thanks so much for jumping on, mate. You are a legend.
4: Great. Thank you very much, Ben. See you, mate.
0: A new season of Virtual Man Cave podcast and a new bunch of sporting moments with Dan. <clears throat> with a twist, let me explain in a moment. But first, welcome to Dan, const journalist and sports enthusiast. Hey, mate.
5: Hello, Ben. What a treat to be invited back for another season.
0: Welcome back. I hope you've enjoyed your journey so far and uh, I hope there's a freshness in your steps with a new season.
5: Are you talking to me or the people listening? I'm talking to you, mate. Oh, mate, i get a, I got fresh steps every day. Every day is a, a fresh day for me.
0: Come on, that's, that's a new 24 hours. So we are going on a little bit of a, a, a sideways Track here. Uh, it's still a sporting theme, but it's, it's nothing. It's nothing like the top five sporting icons of your life. It's not like the top five sporting moments of your life, and you know, quite controversial in in many of those. Uh, let's let's be reminded, listeners, that this is subjective. It's totally subjective. We are just after Dan's opinion here, and so please respect him. You don't have to agree with him, but please don't be hurling any insults at him on social media we are not keyboard warriors let's be encouraging so we're going to go with top sporting movies of dan's life and so we're going to start today with number three counting down from three to one what is number three on your top sporting movies dan
5: this is a a slight there's enough sport in this for me to consider it a sport movie um but it's got to be the sandlot which is often um, right. mistitled as The Sandlot Kids. Sure. But sure. the movie is in fact called The Sandlot, heavily around the sport of baseball. Uh-huh, um, yeah. New kid, sorry, kid moves to a new suburb, um, doesn't know a thing about baseball, can't throw to save his life moves in and makes some friends and and the way that he makes the friends is by starting to play the sport that he's horrible at and uh it's just a movie about friendship about sport they hit the ball over the fence um i have vivid memories of of reconstructing their mechanical arm that they try to create to go over the fence and steal the ball from the massive dog that's just waiting for them. It's quotable. And uh, look, it's, it's good. Is how do you, do you like the Sandlot?
0: I love that movie. It is a, it's a heartwarming movie and it kind of epitomizes what sport is all about. It brings people together.
5: That's right. And I, and I remember the, at the, the state carnival, um, he's. They try dip, which is um, that tobacco that you stuff in your lip yeah, and yeah. You, you spit it out Cause, um, and, and the chewing tobacco and they all get very sick. Uh, there's another great moment where the kid pretends to drown in the pool so he can get kissed by the lifeguard. Like There's just so <laughs> many great moments of, in that movie. Fan, I was just a big, big um, fan of that movie as a kid. Um, I'm actually, I haven't seen it for a while and I think I'm going to watch again. Has Harry seen it? I think he would...
0: I'm not sure if Harry has actually seen that movie. I might have to give it I reckon it. you'd be
5: at the age now you could sit yeah. down and watch it. It'd be good.
0: I'm sure that there are a lot of guys now going, oh, the Sandlot. I'm going to have to watch that, whether it's with their kids or whether it's by themselves or with their partner. Um, but that's a great, a great uh, movie to start with in terms of top sporting moments for you, Dan. And uh, we'll hear from you next week with number two. Thanks, mate. Thank you. New segment on Virtual Man Cave podcast. So many people ask me the question, Ben, what do you look for in a burger? Ben, where can I find the best burgers in Perth? And so I thought, why not have a weekly segment on the podcast explaining all those things, discussing those things? And I thought, who better to bring in than my mate Joel? Hey, Joel. Doing well. And so... What do you love most about the icon that is the burger?
6: Delicious. Oh, just, this, there's something about a burger. It's just the perfect flavor combination. It's like those pieces mm. of the meats. Or you know, if you want to go something nice, even <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the that meat, <laughs> yeah, the, the meat,
0: the, the the onion,
6: the cheese, the you know, the whatever salad combination, uh, the sauces, just and the bun, obviously, mm. it's just the perfect combination of flavors that you want in a in a just bite size, you know, Neil. in your mouth, big, yeah. Big yeah. just big bite, get it in, in my mouth. mouth.
0: Tell us. What is important to you when you're at home and you're deciding that you are going to cook a burger? What's important in terms of preparing and then getting that burger on the plate? Mm.
6: Mm. I I oh. uh, I personally Here we go. Here uh, we go. Uh, <laughs> at home use. Use lamb mince yes. is my my go-to. Really? When it goes to burgers, yeah. Wow. Just I've always found the store store bought. I mean, if you go to a butcher and get proper beef mince, yep. Get it done right, then uh, that's good. But for me, I always seem to get lamb mince, just perfect burgers, just as they are, salt wow. and pepper, oil, uh, and just don't need to add anything. But the lamb mince just makes it beautiful. Yeah, I love it. It is
0: all about the meat, right? Mm. And, and so important. Getting the seasoning right. And I love that kind of combo of the chuck and the brisket mince together. Mm. Uh, My butcher down the road actually has it pre-done, pre-ready to go, vac-sealed just for me. And so I got got some of that on the weekend. And then seasoning it and having it at room temperature before you put it on the grill I think is really Mm. important to get that beautiful sear, that seal, and then that succulent juicy inside. We're going to leave it there. Uh, for this week and we're going to hear some more we're just going to leave you wanting more thanks Joel bye bye we're finished for episode one of season two of virtual man cave podcast it's been a hoot thanks so much for joining for listening check out the facebook page virtual man cave podcast and have a great week